everyone, and welcome to New Matter, the SLAS podcast where we interview life science luminaries. Today, we will be continuing our series on new technologies. Joining us today is Coleman Murray, founder and chief operational officer of Ferrologics Inc., here to speak with us about their digital magnetic cell sorting technology. Welcome to the podcast, Coleman. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Oh, we're happy to have you. So let's jump right into it. Can you tell us what is digital magnetic cell sorting besides being a mouthful to say? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. A, it is a little bit. We call it DMS for short. So if you want to refer to it as that, go for it. So digital magnetic cell sorting is a new type of magnetic sorting, which leverages the scalability, the aseptic nature and the gentle sorting capabilities of traditional magnetic cell sorting but augments it with this new type of quantitative capabilities, so more like flow cytometry. And the way we achieve that is we have these single-use disposables that house a transparent glass substrate with little micromagnet structures on them. And what these micromagnet structures do is they essentially pixelate a bulk magnetic field. So they turn a large magnetic field into millions of little tiny cell-sized ones that operate in parallel. And what that allows us to do is, in a massively parallelized format, we can pilot, manipulate, concentrate magnetically tagged cells, bacteria, viruses on these chips to achieve you know, an, an end purification or even a single cell arrangement type of, of application. It's really, you know, digital magnetic sorting is, is shrinking down magnetic fields to make cell sorting more scalable which is a little counterintuitive, but, you know, going smaller inevitably gets you more precision. Wow. So can you speak to, for our listeners who may not be familiar with traditional magnetic cell sorting, how is this technology, like what are the differences between this digital magnetic cell sorting versus traditional? Absolutely. And it's a good point. So traditional magnetic sorting, it's one of the workhorses of both the cell therapy and research field. And basically it involves taking an antibody, sticking a small chunk of iron on it and using a magnetic field to pull it out. So we still leverage that. We still utilize that whole industry that couples the magnetic particle onto the cell using an antibody or or even just an adsorption-based process. But really where, where we're different is we have these micromagnetic chips that pixelate the field, as I mentioned before. And so, you know, instead of traditionally we've pulled magnetic cells out of a solution just using a bulk magnet, sometimes using a magnetic column, but this technology is more like isolating millions of cells at once on a planar field that gives you more precision, more modularity, similar but different. Yeah. So by using this more refined approach, are you able to then sort out multiple different cell types at once? Yes. Yeah. And so I think a couple key applications that this is really finding traction in in our early release, you know, beta users. One is in rare cell isolation and the other is in multi-target sorting. In rare cell isolation, you know, you, you generally have the challenge of picking the needle out of the haystack. How do you clear, you know, that one rare type of cell from a large background? Inevitably, any sorting technology is, is going to have challenges with background. And the rarer the cell gets, the harder it is to clear it. Because our technology is a quantitative process, and, you know, 
Traditionally, people think of magnetic sorting as a binary type process. We're a quantitative process. It's a different way of thinking about magnetic sorting. So we give the user the ability to say, you know, oh, it's magnetic, but it's more magnetic than this cell. And why that's valuable is you can now say, hey, this target cell is more magnetic than my background. I can enrich it on our system at a much higher purity and achieve much better results, whether that's DNA sequencing, RNA sequencing, subculture, whatever. It's more like a flow cytometry gating strategy, but applied to the scalability of magnetism. Long story short, you know, rare cell isolation is, is one application. We can also isolate multiple cells at once by using different strengths of magnetic beads. So just like in flow or immunofluorescence, where you have different channels, where you're measuring different surface markers on a cell. We achieve that same multiplexing capability by using magnetic beads with different iron oxide contents or different sizes. That's how we can isolate multiple populations in a single step. I see. So what makes one cell type maybe more magnetic than another cell type? Is it a higher concentration of antibodies? Is it different metals associated with those antibodies? You know, it, it's one of those knobs that you have to play with as a user. Generally, it's, it's the size and the strength of the iron oxide content of the magnetic particle. Some have more larger, you know, big magnetic particles have a great signal, uh, less dynamic range, smaller magnetic nanoparticles. You have a little less strength to work with, but a larger dynamic range. And so there's a lot of tunability um, within those different applications too. Fundamentally, what drives the signal is the amount of iron on the cell. Mm -hmm. So what inspired you to develop this technology? That's a great question and a, and a little bit of an embarrassing story. During my graduate work at UCLA, I was in Dino DiCarlo's lab. And our initial idea was to pilot magnetic nanoparticles within cells, kind of making remote control cells, which is really cool. I, lo I love that concept. In reality, I, I found a really good way to just shred the insides of cells. <laughs> that application was a big, uh, it, was, it was tough, and I, I was pretty invested in that application. But I remember one night, you know, and this is about 4 a.m., my thesis is coming up, and, uh, you know, I'm like a, I think it was like, like a year and a half into my, my program. I'm pretty sure I just fell asleep on the keyboard or something and accidentally ran our robot, which generates the magnetic field a little bit faster. And what we witnessed was a separation behavior. And that kind of evolved into, hey, why don't we use this for a separation technology? And I, I think a lot of technologies are developed that way. You know, you, it's, it's not always you set out in this direction and say, hey, uh, we have this idea and then we achieve this goal. That happens uh, frequently. But I think at the bleeding edge of discovery, it's more like, wow, I really screwed this up, but I found something interesting. And that, you know, in my case, evolved into a new branch of science, which became most of my thesis and a startup company. That's wonderful. And you're in good company. I mean, you know, people love to tell the stories of how penicillin and the microwave were invented. I think people just love those accidental discovery stories. It's just how it is, you know, and I think if you embrace that as an innovator, you'll kind of always find success. It starts with a lot of failures up front, but it's, it's been a lot of fun, you know, uh, being a part of that, that dream and that vision. Yeah, sounds like, sounds like an interesting ride for sure. So then what inspired you to start Ferrologix Inc.? You know, I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My dad was a big entrepreneur, uh, mostly in, in software and the finance world. 
And I just saw kind of how he worked on things that no one else had done before. He got to, you know, be his own boss. He got to, you know, really push forward his own ideas. And that was really attractive to me. And he modeled that well. And in a lot of ways, my dad showed me the entrepreneurial spirit. And then, you know, some people I met along the way, uh, Dino DiCarlo, who's my, my PI and, and mentor in, in graduate school. I mean, I think we're his sixth or seventh startup. So he's extremely entrepreneurial focused. And Tim Tiemann, our, our CEO, he's a, he's a mentor of mine as well. Passionate about starting companies. I'm glad he's a, he's a partner of ours in this venture too. Yeah. I'm curious, when you started your PhD, was your plan to someday start a company or were you thinking you were going to stick in basic research? Did you have a, a thought of what you would be doing after you finished your PhD? You know, it was kind of split 50-50 between going the academic route or going the industry route. If I decided to go industry, I was wanted to work in a smaller company. I didn't think at the time like I'm willing to take the plunge and start my own, but I, I like the small company community. You know, it's it's you get to wear a lot of hats and I like doing that. But no, I think this evolved for me over time of just seeing the opportunity, a little bit of my background and experience and seeing successful entrepreneurs. Then I was like, Yeah, this let's do it. Great. Way to take advantage. You saw an opportunity and went for it, went with it. Fantastic. So getting back to this new type of technology, what sort of problems or issues with cell sorting does this DMS, DMC, DMS, what was it that you said you, I could abbreviate it to? <laughs> digital magnetic. Oh yeah. Well, digital magnetic sorting. <laughs> I'll go with digital magnetic cool. sorting. So what's... Just make up a name. <laughs> don't make something up. <laughs> so what, what sort of uh, problems or issues with cell sorting does the digital magnetic sorting solve? You know, so as a team of Ferrologics, we did a lot of work up front of asking the customer and really going out in the field, talking to stakeholders, talking to key opinion leaders, and really saying, okay, what are the challenges uh, with the current cell sorting technologies? We did this hundreds and hundreds of times, which is, I, if you're ever doing a startup or, or a venture, even developing a new technology, I think I would say start there because that was incredibly helpful for us to do. And what we learned by talking to the key opinion leaders in the field is that there's this fundamental trade-off in self-sorting technologies on the precision and modularity of a technology and its scalability. And so one end of that axis, you have things like flow cytometry and other kinds of very precise and modular sorting, where you can sort on multiple parameters at once. You can get that very specific cell population. The challenge is very difficult to scale. You know, if you're running, you know, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of cells, it's, that's really tough. And even scaling up to a level of cell therapy where you're running you know, billions and billions of cells, that's, it kind of becomes a little bit insurmountable at that point. The other end of the spectrum from precision modularity, you have very scalable technologies like uh, leukophoresis and magnetic sorting. They're very scalable. That's the reasons they're one of the workhorses of the, the cell therapy industry. But there's an inherent trade-off is that they're normally binary process. It's either you're selecting for depleting the specific cell types at a time. And the niche we fill 
is that balance of speed and scalability while not losing the precision and modularity. You know, so being able to run large quantities of cells, but isolate multiple populations at once, you know, multiple surface markers at once. Mm. I think that opens up a lot of applications in the field and it addresses a lot of pain points. So it sounds like almost this technology, you know, I was thinking of this as more appealing to people who are doing traditional magnetic cell sorting, might be interested in pursuing this digital cell sorting, but it sounds like it's almost a better fit for people who have been using flow cytometry, but need a more high throughput method. Exactly. I tell people who are comfortable with magnetic sorting that this is more like a flow cytometer. And I tell people who are flow guys, this is like a quantitative magnetic flow cytometer. <laughs> Either way, it's showing that quantitative capability. It's important. You know, it's, it's, it's really important for any level of cell sorting that you're doing is getting the precise population for your application. Mm -hmm. okay. So what type of research would this sort of technique be ideal for? So that's the challenge of a platform technology like ours. And it's also a challenge for a small company like ours is cell sorting is, is a huge need across the entire sector. If you're at the research scale doing like, you know, preclinical development or diagnostic sample prep, we have applications that are relevant there. But we also have products we're building in the cell therapy manufacturing. And so that's, that's kind of two very different scales that we work at. But I think really what we're really seeing traction in with our, with our beta testers is in, one, the rare cell isolation. So if you need to isolate, you know, really rare cell population, you need a tunable system to do that. I think the system can do that well. For people who are working with rare specimens, you know, if they have tumor biopsies or small animal samples, the system's very efficient and it's, it's sample sparing. Or if you want to do multi-population sorting, you know, like if you're doing a sequencing prep and you want to deplete your dead cells and capture your live target, you know, that's something that the system. Those are a few kind of beachhead applications at the research scale we're developing. But we also have, you know, cell therapy applications as well. We're working with the appropriate partners on those applications for scaled operation. Are there any cell types that this technique does not work for? You know, that's a good question. Initially, when we launched this, I think circulating tumor cells is a big focus for us. It's a crowded space. There's a lot of great companies in that. And one of the challenges I think you find with those types of cells is that there's no defined set of surface markers. So I, I think, you know, we have some, pub we have some initial publications on, on circulating CTCs and capturing those. And I, I still think there's value there, but Circulating tumor cells are a, a moving target. And so that's, I think, one area that has, has proven a challenge. But again, it's, you know, it, it kind of depends on the application. Mm. And I'm sure that the improvements over time with this technology and someday all cell types will be Productization is a, is a key part of that. You know, it's not about just developing something that works once. It's about developing something that consistently works across donors across sample types. It's a whole other ballgame. And so I'm glad to see that our technology is actually meeting those criteria, which is important. Yeah. So 
what is the sample prep like if you want to use this sort of, you know, digital magnetic cell sorting? What what do you need to do with your samples in order to get to the point where they can go through this technique? I mean, it's pretty simple. You have your antibody, you mix it with your sample, you add in your magnetic beads and mix it with your sample for like a, a few minutes, and then you run it through the sorter. So it's a very robust, you know, we can work in whole blood, messy specimens. It's a very adaptable technology in that way. Nice. I'm sure a lot of researchers appreciate the simplicity in the sample preparation there. Yeah, and I think a key point on that is our strategy hasn't, you know, as much at this point been to come out with our own reagents, but to really plug into the favored reagents that a, mm -hmm. a researcher has. You know, they, they know best about their application. They have a, a kit that works well for them. And so our strategy has been, hey, we will provide you the technology that can get you the quantitative sorting about this, but you stick with your current protocol. And that's really worked well. I think, you know, if obviously if a researcher doesn't have a protocol, we've got plenty. We've got optimized protocols and reagents that we can provide. But to make this as plug and play as possible, I think that's a key value for our system is to integrate with what they're already doing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can see tremendous value there for sure. Does this type of cell sorting cause any damage to the cells that go through it? You know, Magnetic sorting is, is one of the more gentler types of sorting. Out of our system, we're, we're seeing very high viabilities, very high yields. You can ban them post-sort. You can you know, cryopreserve them. They're not subjected to high shear stress. You know, it's a very gentle sorting process. And we also you know, have options, and, or there are commercially available options for bead removal. I know some people are worried, like, hey, there's, there's beads stuck to my cells. Um, <laughs> You know, and that's, that works in a negative depletion. You don't have to worry about that as much. But for, for positive selection, there's commercially available kits to remove the beads. And so that's, we've, we've had, had good results with removable beads and even nano beads that get digested by the cell. And there's plenty of data that shows that biocompatibility and even FDA approval of, of certain beads that are used in those applications. Oh, that's great. So people could use those nanobeads and, and the process will still work just as well and won't damage the cells. Again, it's a key strategy of, of a tool developer is if you can plug into already approved, already established reagents, it saves a lot of work for you. And yeah. it's worked well for us that way. In your mind, are there any particular applications for this technology that aren't currently being utilized? Now you're tapping my inner dreamer. That's a dangerous <laughs> area to go. <laughs> I always have to fight back my something shiny reflex. <laughs> when you're running a business, you got to rein it in. So no, I, again, like uh, I think there's so many different ways that this platform can go. Even in our own portfolio, we've developed some new technologies on single cell array, either for reading single cell secretions and, and like a, a high throughput scale. That's a whole area that we're, you know, we're developing in. We have some magnetic-based transfection platforms that we're developing too for, for cell therapy uh, manufacturing that are very new. Those are kind of two branches of, area, of areas that I'm, I'm eager to see expand. I think that in terms of the separation technology, there's a lot to be done on pushing the resolution. Like I, I think that we can get to the point 
where we're sorting for more types of cells, probably more at scale. And I think that could have huge implications in expanding things like cell therapy manufacturing, being able to fractionate very specific cells based on four plus markers. That whole Leukopack, you know, Leukopack throughput would be would be very incredible. And so that's a, I'm I'm interested to see the technology expand to there. And even uh, there's a couple users who are interested in agriculture, you know, the agricultural space. And I didn't, you know, really, that's a space I'm not familiar with. I'm interested to see how these, you know, those data tests are going to turn out. But the ag space is a growing field and cell separation is a big part of it. And so we'll see how it turns out. That's so interesting. Do you know what the applications for the cell sorting is in the agricultural space? You know, I, I can't talk too much about it. I think that's still early on in the ideation, mm-hmm. but the advancement of climate robust crops is, mm-hmm. is a huge focus for our society, you know, given given what we know about climate change. The new areas of cannabinoid and, and THC and CBD, those are huge areas that ag, I think ag tech is focusing on. That's just a couple sectors, but all of those kind of have relevant applications in cell sorting, which we, we've been talking to people about. That's the kind of the fun part. You build a platform and you push it out and you can really, you need to test, you know, where the niches are, where, where you're differentiated, where you're successful uh, without stretching yourself too thin. Cause that's also a risk too. <laughs> you got to worry about as a small company. Absolutely. That's fascinating though. I hopefully I can stay in the loop and see some of those papers that'll come out with the agricultural applications. Cause that sounds really interesting. Yeah, I'm interested too. I think there's um, <laughs> there's going to be some cool new te- new tech and new science that comes out of it. So, if there's a researcher out there listening to this podcast who's really interested in using the digital magnetic cell sorting technology to support their research, what are some of the major things that they need to know to get started? Well, first of all, they need to know we've got an active beta program. So if they want to take the system for a test ride, we're looking for people to do that. So reach out to us on the website, www.ferrologics.com. There's a contact form that goes directly to us and, you know, we can, we can set up a demo for you. We've also set up a, a services-based process, what we're calling our Fractionate BioCore. And so the other option is to ship samples to our facility, which we process and run downstream analysis for you. And so if you want to engage that way, uh, happy to do that. We're you know doing that with a few other companies in the area. I think in terms of applications, if you're looking to isolate rare cells, if you have limited specimens to work with, if you're looking to clean up samples for like a sequencing prep, I think this technology can be very impactful for you. Are there any future advances that you're hoping to make with this technology? Yeah, I think if I'm really dreaming big and looking down the road, the future we believe in here is a precision medicine that is accessible to a wide patient base. And I know that a lot of people have that dream. A lot of people are working towards that dream. But I think if we can provide technologies that can fractionate very specific cell types, or run, you know, release assays in, in very high throughput scale, or even help with a gene modification, particularly for precision medicine, whether in a cell therapy production or therapeutic production, or even clinical diagnostic. The approach we're taking and kind of the bet we're making is that 
scalability and automation are going to eventually be the solutions to making precision medicine accessible. And so, you know, you got to have systems that integrate with, with automation. You know, that's one bet we're making. And two is that researchers and, and technology developers are going to want higher precision cell purification. And I think that's a safe bet to make. You know, we're seeing that in the cell therapy field now. So that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see Ferrologics move along that path of pushing precision medicine and automation forward, you know, our sorting technology forward along with automation to address that scalability challenge in precision medicine. Great. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else that we have not had a chance to talk about today regarding either digital magnetic cell sorting or ferrologics that you really want our listeners to know about? No, I, I just want to take some time to thank SLAS as an organization. We've been a part of the Innovation Avenue. We've gone to the conference uh, pretty much every year, and uh, it's been an incredible opportunity to engage with customers and users of the technology. And so just want to give a shout out to the organization for that. Well, thank you. We're always happy to have you guys at our events. And thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Coleman. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. I learned a lot about digital magnetic cell sorting and cell sorting in general. And so I really appreciate you having some patience with my lack of knowledge in some areas. It's always fun to learn more. It's been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you at our future SLAS events. All right. Thanks, Hannah. Really appreciate it.